Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I cannot believe we're already on episode 10 of the show. It's crazy, right? Jenny here with Lindsay Allison of Blog Me Lovely. Lindsay Allison is a graphic designer and tech strategist for female infopreneurs and content creators. Having been designing for more than half of her life and blogging since 2010, she believes that everyone can create a thriving business that they love. The real challenge is figuring out how to be visually unforgettable online. I'm super excited about this episode because Lindsay is actually one of my biz besties and we talk pretty much every single day Uh, and she has a lot of knowledge about branding and other business related topics. So we're going to dive into all of that in today's episode. I can't wait to chat with Lindsay about branding on social media. So let's dive right in. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat more about branding on social media with you. So before we dive into talking all about branding, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Hi, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here today. My name is Lindsay Allison of Blog Me Lovely, and I'm a graphic designer and tech strategist for female female infopreneurs and content creators looking to um, banish their fears of tech and design, feel empowered, and stand out online. Um, And I think I got... Well, I got started in business probably June of 2016, but I like to say I really started just June of this past year because that's when I really went full time. I had quit my job by then and just really was focusing on it like 24 seven. And um, that's pretty much kind of my story, but I've been blogging since, I don't know, 2010 maybe, though you won't find a blog because I'm notorious for changing my mind. But um, just I've kind of fell in love with the online space and finally decided to just go forward and start a business. That's awesome. I'm the same way. I I was on Zynga and Tumblr and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. More of like a personal diary than an actual blog because I would just be like, here's what happened today. (laughs) All stupid. But yeah, my my evidence is gone too because that was was embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. But hey, I mean, it's cool. We've been online for what, seven years? I know it's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. It's been that it's been that long and things have changed so much in those in those few years. Yeah, um, it went from basically telling your life story to being more of a general storyteller and mm-hmm. able to share um, your story with people without just saying, here's what I did today. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much more that goes into it nowadays. Like, before, you know, you would just, you could like write, I don't know, so many posts in one day just because you're like updating and now they have to be so thought out and so, like, I mean, at least if you want to do it professionally, you can still do it personally, but as a business. Yeah, it takes a lot. It's like writing, graphics, um, you know, editing, all mm-hmm. those things. and then promoting is really big too because if you don't promote it, who's going to see it? <laughs> I know, that's such a huge one. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about branding and specifically on social media. I know you're um, an expert at that and you like to keep it cohesive across the board and you're really good at Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, tell us a little bit about 
you know, branding and how you manage to do that on social media, keep your brand consistent, not only with your design, but also your messaging and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, branding is so much more than just say your logo or something like that. That's normally when people are looking for branding, they associate it with a logo, but it is so much more than that. It's your fonts, it's your colors. It's not only the visual aspects like your social media graphics and the look of your site or your header images, but also the words you use, the messaging, the name of your packages, and even your interactions with people on social media, with your customers, with your readers. It's kind of like the all-encompassing package, and I totally forgot to have the note of the quote with me, but I think it's, I forgot who says it, but branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room um, type thing. So there's some things you have in your control and there's others you don't. And the visual aspects, especially on social media is one of those things you, you do have, um, control over. For sure. Yeah. And if you don't keep it consistent, then people are like, well, what is this person all about? Like, I know when I first started my blog, I was just kind of all over the place. I was like, oh, this looks Mm -hmm. nice. I like this font and I like this um color so we're gonna do it this time and the next time we're gonna do a different color and it's like in the grand scheme of things my graphics weren't horrible but they just Mm -hmm. didn't go together they were just kind of all over the place so yeah and uh on on social media it's it tends to be one of the first places people find you Mm -hmm. especially nowadays like facebook is probably the big one but there's also instagram and pinterest and so you want to make sure you make a good first impression. And when you have consistent branding, visuals, and messaging, it builds the no like, and trust factor. And if you're constantly changing the look, you know, every week or what you're saying every single week, like you said, people are going to go, what, what does this girl do? Or what, what are you doing? And it's not going to make sense. And it kind of, they're not going to know what to expect from you. They're not going to know what you do and it causes confusion and branding's there too to let people know what you do. So it's, it's really easy to, to figure out if they want to work with you, if they're a right fit, what you offer and all that good stuff. Exactly. And I know I've seen people in the online space that are pretty, you know, they're out there visibly, um, get their name out there and stuff, but it seems like their offerings differ a lot. So they'll change it from one week to the next. And I think that's kind of confusing because it's like, what do you actually do? Like, are you this or are you that? Or do you do it all? Like, are you a jack of all trades? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, I definitely think it's confusing. Yeah. It can definitely make people like kind of question your expertise. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to keep everything consistent. And like, if you want to introduce new things, it should be gradual, essentially, not really like, here's what I do. And then mm-hmm. next week you're like, okay, I do this too. It should just come over time versus, you know, every other week you're um, relaying a different um, service or message. I agree. It's, I mean, it's, it's confusing to your customers. So, um, like if you go back in the foundational things of branding, you kind of figure out why you're in business, the services you offer. And when you create your mission statement and all that, you know, like really foundational, what foundational work, um, that's where you kind of pinpoint what services you can be offering. And it's okay to evolve as you grow in business, but changing every week, every month, like jumping around it it doesn't make sense and like you said you can't be an expert in everything like I love to talk about branding and I do my own branding but I don't like to offer it to consumers or to my customers I know what I enjoy doing is like ebooks and webinar sites and that type of stuff 
And while I love to teach it and I will be making a course on it, it's not something I like to offer. And if I decided to offer it, I know I would be doing my clients a disservice only because that's not where I'm exactly passionate about. And I like to take existing brands and just make them, you know, excusable marketing pieces. So you need to figure out what you're best at and then let that shine through your branding and your messaging. And it'll be much clearer to your possible um, clients and consumers rather than changing every other week. And they just don't know what you are because then you can't be an expert in anything. Exactly. It's like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And you have to be Mm -hmm. a master in something. Like for me, obviously, my expertise is social media um, and blogging as well. So everything I do is around social media and blogging, whether it's strategy, management, coaching, Mm -hmm. it's all related to those things. So it's um, important because, you know, even though those are all different things, they're all kind of um, correlated somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you even have your favorites. So you even specialize in the ones that you know you're best at and that you enjoy the most, even though you can do it all. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's, it really helps to kind of niche down a little bit. Um, just so you're not servicing everyone and your branding helps you attract the right clients too. So, so that's important. Like with your mushroom and stuff, uh, you talk more about Instagram and Pinterest cause that's what you enjoy doing, even though you know about Facebook and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're going to uh, naturally attract the people who are drawn to that. And with your colors and your images and you know, the words and everything you use, you're going to attract females cause that's who you want to attract. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's so important to be cohesive on who you want to attract, the kind of clients you want from, I guess, a more demographic side point to um, also the um, type of businesses they have and the type of work you want to do. It's like branding is so much more than just a logo and it helps you attract the right um, clients and readers. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess people, if men like pink, they might decide to work with me, but that's probably like going to be a very rare thing. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, my target audience is women primarily. Um, you know, if there's a man interested in working with me, that's fine too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I've worked with restaurants and they weren't female led, but, um, you know, it just, um, that's who I really do prefer to work with and want to attract. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to, you know, already relay that message when I'm just designing my graphics, not just, you don't have to like read my copy to know that that's who I'm probably looking to attract. Yeah. And you actually said it great because when you, you brand and you target, you, you're kind of targeting like one person. I like to focus on one person and then it kind of branches, it kind of branches out. So you're not just going to attract that one person. It's going to gradually branch out and you might attract people you didn't think you would just, just, just because you're not targeting somebody doesn't mean they might not still find you or like you. You just want to get really intentional about the people that you want to work with and what they like. Mm-hmm. So that's the majority of the people you're attracting. Like I, I've had a guy client as well. That's not normally who I attract. Um, but, you know, they, they find you different ways. But the majority of my clients are female creative entrepreneurs because that's that's who I'm made, mainly targeting. And it's clear in all of my messaging and my I'm pink as well um, and sparkles. Yeah. Um, if you're watching the video, I have a sparkle uh, backdrop. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we can attract those people, but that's not mm-hmm. who we're primarily targeting. And I mean, do you, are you one, one of those people that creates like brand profile for your person like I've done that in the past and it felt so weird like crafting the person that I want to target like I even named them and stuff and made up a name mm-hmm. to live and it's just I think it really helped me gain clarity on who I wanted to work with I mean obviously my target audience doesn't have to live in this exact location that I specified mm-hmm. but just kind of 
their what they're doing right now, where they're at in life, you know, their age demographic. That mm-hmm. do you have that for your brand as well? Or something um, I do. So I I like to see how different people do it different ways. So some people tell you to create an imaginary person, kind of pull all of the traits that you kind of want. Other people tell you to pick just one real life person. And that's actually what I prefer to do. And funny enough, when I was going through a program, I picked you as my <laughs> ideal client. And this was actually before we worked together. And then like shortly after, like we did work together. So, um, but yeah, so it's, and I think it's, I like to attract people who are similar to me. So it's also kind of easy. Some people, it's kind of okay if your ideal client is maybe yourself, like a few steps back as well. And like you said, um, like you can put the location, obviously all of my people aren't going to live where you live, but it's just, you, you kind of want to learn their, their habits, where they spend their time during the day, which is really where social media comes in, because I'm sure as online entrepreneurs, you're going to be on social media, whether it's Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter. So you kind of figure out where they're spending their time, what works best for you. And, um, and as creative entrepreneurs, we don't brand like, so like rigid as some of the bigger companies do. So you can kind of uh, infuse your personality like cats is big and for me so my cats will make appearances on my live streams and I'll talk about my cats they're not a huge thing because my business isn't a cat business obviously <laughs> but um you know they're kind of infused so you can kind of figure out like I know you love your dog you were in a sorority and you know like that type of stuff so you can kind of pinpoint things that might that you might relate with and like you know that they're going to be attracted to exactly and then- Adding in like things like your cats and like behind the scenes type of things also humanizes your brand. Mm-hmm. You seem more relatable and real. You're not just like a person living this fantasy life that no one knows. Like you, you're able to make those connections and you know build that like known trust factor quicker because you're actually revealing your true self, not just mm-hmm. being some person behind the screen that is unattainable. Yeah, especially through video because then they can actually see you and hear you and you're not some because I mean you could google photos you know and be some random person online if you never like talk or have video or anything so video I feel is coming up more and more in branding um and even if you go to some like bigger company websites like if their face of the brand is their CEO a lot of times they'll even have a video of the CEO like giving a message or something like that so video is growing in branding and you know, how you dress or like, I'm not always, I'm not that put together today. I did put on a little bit of makeup since I knew we were filming, but, um, sometimes I'll just go and uh, like yoga. I have uh, yoga pants on right now. You just can't see the bottom of me, but it's like business on top, fun on the bottom. But, um, I forgot where I was going with this. I tend to ramble, but it's just, it brings a human, a, a human element to it. But even like, you don't always have to be so like, perfect I guess if that's not your brand like I know there's some people who are always put together but even Marie Forleo I know like her Marie TV she's always put together but it's more of a production but she just started doing a behind the scenes thing and she has her hair up in a bun and no makeup on and you see her working out with her husband and in the car so it just really brings uh, a human aspect um to to the brand in a in a different way and it's still her you can I mean she is her brand like through and through you can totally totally tell but it doesn't always have to be 100 percent perfect when you're like in video or photos i don't know i'm sure you've probably heard about this but um the imperfect boss campaign i think that's really mm-hmm. you know that's that girl's ashley i think her name is i'm not sure her last name but um that's like her thing like you know 
everyone has imperfections and everyone is, you know, everyone, it's not just the highlight reel like it is on Instagram or all the other social medias. So I think that's really cool that um, Ashley incorporates that into her own branding. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not everything's perfect. So let's all celebrate being imperfect. Yeah. And I know, it, I know it's a hot topic. Like, like some people are like, don't, don't go on, like do a Facebook live, like with a horrible background or busy or your kids running around or no makeup, you know, people are going to think you're a slob. I disagree. Yeah. Um, you know, I, (laughs) it's a little, a little messy. Yeah. I, yeah, my life is, is messy. You can't see the video again, but my cat's popping up in this video. My house is a disaster. I'm for once not working from the couch. (laughs) You know, it's just like, I like to show more of my real, real life. And that's, that's part of my brand. I mean, if your brand is perfect and you're always, you know, that's, that's totally okay too. That's just, it doesn't have to be that way. So just don't feel it has to be that way. But if that is you, that's fine as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, we'll steer a little bit more towards branding. I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. was on that topic, but not necessarily. <laughs> so, um, you know, what is your number one tip for just keeping your brand cohesive across the board on social media and things like that? Mm-hmm. So creating templates, that is, that is a huge one. I personally use Photoshop, but I know Canva works, works as well too. And I mean, that's kind of easy if you're, you're on the go, cause you can do it from your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but just creating templates. So for me, I have three brand colors, pink, purple, and blue, and I have, um, templates created in each of the colors. Um, and I have it for Pinterest. Um, it's also my blog size, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So every single time I go to create a new blog post, I just, open up a template, whichever color I'm going to use and change the photos and the words. And I know the colors, the fonts and everything, you know, are, are on brand there, right? It saves you time. And that way, when you share graphics there, you know, they're, they're already branded. Um, and even for my Facebook group, it's not the same colors, but I created templates for that. I think I have two or three. So whenever I create a new post, in it that I want a graphic, I just go open up one of the templates and I don't have to recreate it. The colors are there, the fonts are there, the, the backgrounds are there. Um, and it just, it saves you so much time and it, it takes out the guesswork because most of the work is done for you. And it's even easier if you don't have photos, like I use photos, but if you don't have photos, you don't even have to worry about picking a cohesive photo. Um, but like, I know a lot of us, I'm a, I'm a hot stock. They just changed their name. So a hot stock member and I know that their photos tend to be on my brand like 90% of them so I know if I go in there I'm going to find a photo that relates to my brand that speaks to my audience um but they're more for female entrepreneurs maybe that's not your thing maybe you can find a different stock site or or you know buy some stock photos that that are on brand so you kind of have a library on your computer that you can just kind of rotate in as needed I actually subscribe to Hot Stock as well and the Styled Stock Society because I am not a good photographer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I try, but yeah, definitely don't want to be taking my photos all the time. Um, so yeah, those are really good sites to check out if you're looking for styled stock photos because they're, I mean, and you're girly and feminine, like they're, they, ha- they have all the colors you could ever ask for. Like mm-hmm. basically any brand color. I mean, unless you have a super obscure brand color, they probably have your colors. So if you're not wanting to take your own photos, definitely check those out. I'll leave them in the show notes for you to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, no, that's great. I mean, templates have been a lifesaver for me. I have them, ones that you made for me, of course. And then I also have ones that I, I got on Canva as well, just so I can, um, you know, switch it up. So I have different things going on. Another thing that I think is cool that, I mean, I don't know if you do this, but I do it. And um, whenever I do a different topic on my blog, I'll use a different color. So for social media, it's always pink. Um, for business tips, it is the navy color in my um, mm-hmm. palette. And then for blogging, I switch between the light blue and gold. So those two, mm-hmm. so I can use all four of my colors and, you know, each post is designated for a different color. I mean, I didn't have to do it that way, but if, if you only write about three or four topics and you have three or four colors, then um, you could do that as well to further differentiate. Mm-hmm. I actually don't do that only because I don't, you have a more solid content strategy than I do. Um, so right now that kind of doesn't work for me. So I just rotate. Um, I don't remember what I started with. I think it's like pink, purple, blue, or pink, blue, purple. And then it just kind of rotates. So I just go look on my blog, look at what the last two colors were. And then, you know, if they were purple and blue, I know I create a pink one. Um, I probably want to do a rebrand of my site. Mm-hmm. My goal is, I know we're, recording this in November and I think it's going to launch in January, but, um, hopefully in December or maybe January, I'll have a rebrand complete. And I think I'm going to use like icons to differentiate it, but I think I'm going to, it'll be, I don't want to say more monotoned, but, um, it'll have, I'm, I'm thinking more like blush like, so there won't be such a variety of colors that I have. So I won't be able to do it that way, but I think I'm going to do little fun icons on each post to kind of differentiate. And I need to tidy up my categories just so it's it's cleaner mm-hmm. and easier easier for um the readers to to know but i think the the colors are a great way as well because um your readers will be able to just to associate your blog topic with the color and that that is another kind of way to to brand it um just like with i might do with the icons so there's a few ways to do it um, like that. If obviously, if you have a big variety of topics, that might not work as well. That might be a bit too much work because you can't have like a ton of colors. I like to stick to three or four colors. Um, branding wise, I mean, you can have a few smaller accent, you know, colors possibly. I've seen up to like six in color palettes, but um, you're going to only have like maybe three or four main colors. So. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do that on my lifestyle blog because you know, there's, there's a lot going on. There's travel, beauty, fashion, Mm-hmm. Your own lifestyle, like too many, but um, you know, I just stick to different, like my regular color palette, and just write like a little tag that says lifestyle or something. That's how I separate it too. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's a lifestyle related post and that kind of thing. So yeah, that is great. So you talked a little bit about your favorite tools for designing social media graphics. Do you have any other tools that you really like that help you with branding or just designing in general? Yeah, so I'll talk more about my favorite resources. So obviously, Photoshop is my favorite tool to design in for my social media graphics. Some people use Illustrator. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to go to the Adobe products, um, I work better in Photoshop. Um, If you're going to do, um, like, say, an ebook or something, I like InDesign. Yes, you can do all these in Canva. I don't know the restrictions on Canva for pages or anything, so I can't, you know, I can't talk to that. Um, I'm, I'm an Adobe, I'm an Adobe person, but like to find photos, we talked about hot stock. I know you mentioned styled stock. Yeah. Styled stock. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I also like looking on creative market for paid ones. Um, just because you can, 
they have more variety. Like, I mean, you could go to Shutterstock or something, but I feel they have more of the, you know, like the people holding the microphone, like the tacky stock yeah. photo type stuff, that even though they're getting better. Super unrealistic. Like mm-hmm. yeah, a guy holding a microphone or a guy like, you know, staring in his office. Like it's just mm-hmm. super, it super cheesy to me. So. Yeah. And I know some people use that for their brand and they use it really, really well. That's just not, I know that's not either one of us. So it's just like, so, and there's a chance that might not be you either. So if you want more styled photos, the two we mentioned or creative market, um, for fonts, I also like creative market, or I think it's called the hungry J- JPEG. Uh-huh. Yeah, I um, I like that one. Um, and if for like little icons, there's something called the noun project. Mm-hmm. Um, I pay for the pro version. Um, I think it's only like $9.99 a month. Um, and that way I don't have to credit it. Um, and I can, there's actually a plug. I don't want to say it's not a plugin, but I can pull it into Photoshop and have the icons go right there. So I don't have to like search online. I can actually search in Photoshop. So those are kind of my favorites, but even you could download an icon from the noun project and upload it to Canva. Uh, you know, you would yeah. have to, I think, color it right first. Um, yeah. But I, cause I like the little icons cause I'm not an illustrator. Mm-hmm. So I'm a designer, but I'm not an illustrator. So like anything like hand drawn, I, I did draw a cute little cast iron fan for a client for one of her logos. And that was fun. But illustrating's not not my thing. And I think that's totally okay. But like those are some of some of my like go-to resources if I need stuff. And Creative Market has everything too. So even more than that, you could probably find pre-made social media templates, pre-made logos, pre-made, you know, I think yes, thank you. WordPress themes and stuff like that. So it's just it is a great, it is a great resource. Yeah, I love Creative Market. I feel like I'm always spending money on there. I know me too. So in terms of fonts, we didn't really talk about this much, but like what, how do you recommend that people kind of select their fonts for their brand? Cause I mean, I know I have like a sans serif and a script that go together and like, they look nice for both of my brands, but, um, just so people kind of have an idea of how to choose fonts. Cause I know people that have a lot of problems figuring out like what fonts do I even use? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot that goes into to picking fonts, but obviously you need to know your ideal audience first. Um, like if your audience isn't really, you're not going to pick a script font. And even within script fonts, there is a wide variety. So it's like, I hate to do such a blanket, you know, topic, but normally they tend to be more frilly mm-hmm. type, type stuff. Um, so you need to think about your audience. Um, you need to think about legibility first also. Um, where you're going to use the fonts like so before you even think about pairing them you need to think where you're going to use them because if it's going to be small and it's a script font and you can't read it you you can't use that font anyways because it wouldn't make sense people won't be able to read it um so those are kind of like before you even start thinking and then I like to pair two different types like um like a script and a sans serif you can even do a script and a serif Um, if you don't know serifs are the ones that have the little dangly tails thank you tails on them and the sans serifs don't. Um, I think online sans serif is more like legible for text. So for like online stuff, sans serif for like big bodies of text is typically um, what you should choose. Whereas it's opposite for print, for bodies of text and print, serif fonts are more legible. Times New Roman and things like that are more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's just, sometimes you just got to play because I can't even just say a serif font and a sans serif font because you have to think about weight too. So sometimes pairing 
two really thin don't go together at all. Sometimes it does. It's kind of, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to play. There are times where you look at something and you know it just doesn't fit. Sometimes you don't know why, but maybe the weight's off. Um, and I know this isn't a very like defined answer, but like pairing fonts, like for, for your logo for this one, I think I spent about an hour playing with fonts before I decided on which ones like looked best. And like I had different variations before I sent you them. And when I found like the font combination, I'm just like, I think this is it. I'm just not even going to send the other ones because I spent so much time and I love this combination. And I'm like, well, crap, now I can't use it for myself because I just did it for your, your <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, just because we, ha I know we do two different things and we have like a similar, similar style. So it's really easy to design for you because normally yeah. if I like it, you're going to like it and probably vice versa. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just trial and error. Um, don't do two really thick fonts together that normally, cause you want some contrast. Yeah. Um, but normally doing like a script and a sans serif or, you know, maybe a serif and a sans serif just to kind of add some variety. It just adds some character to it. Um, but once again, it's, it's really trial and error. Um, ask for different people's opinions. Normally, um, that, that'll help because sometimes you think it doesn't look right or you think it does. And maybe somebody will say, well, it's kind of off. Yeah. And so. I see a lot of people do that in Facebook groups. They're like A or B. And then there's like a overwhelming amount of people that are like, mm -hmm. I like A. So it's like, all right, well, clearly that's what most people are resonating with. So that's probably what your audience will resonate as mm -hmm. well. But yeah, so those are great tips. I mean, I'm not like a font guru or anything. <laughs> I just kind of like play with them. I'm like, okay, these look nice time to mm -hmm. go, you know, um, and which is obviously why I outsourced it. <laughs> I was like, I don't even want to deal with this. Like picking a logo to me is just mm -hmm. like, no, I mean, I could figure it out, but it would take me a lot longer than it takes you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I have three questions that I'm going to start asking everyone at the end of the episode. So you're going to be my first person that I'm doing this for, okay. um, because clearly I didn't think of the idea sooner, but now I'm like, okay, I can do this. Um, so the first one is what does it mean to you to be an entrepreneur and like, what's your favorite part about being your own boss essentially? So freedom. Um, and I know that sounds so cliche, but, um, I just like to be home with my cats, be able to spend time with my family, um, not have to ask for time off for the holidays or, um, I have asthma. It's been pretty good actually since I quit. I think when I was at my last job, I was just so stressed that anxiety was kind of causing my health problems rather than my actual asthma. Um, but you know, not asking for time off to go to the doctor because with the health problems, you know, it's, it's quite often. Um, and you know, they just, sometimes your work, they just start to think of you kind of as an inconvenience or, or is she really going to the doctor, you know, type thing. And I just, she just told uh, me she's going to the doctor, but she's actually going to Disneyland, you know? I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. Or like, so, so the freedom. So I just, and I'm not a morning person, so that's another thing. So I can wake up when I want. I think today I woke up at 10. I know that's a little bit late, but I was snuggling with the kitties. And um, being able to work when I want to, like I said, I'm not a morning person. So I do my best work um, kind of late afternoon into the evening. And I can't do that at a job. And when you're at like a physical job, you're normally kind of like pinholed into what to work on. Uh, like at my last job, overall, it was still probably the best job I ever had. There was just some things that kind of, you know, emerge and all this kind of stuff. I won't go into it, but it just kind of changed a bit. But 
I was, when the merger went down, I was already kind of at a point where I was starting to learn more. I was reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and like those type of books where you're starting your mindset, starting to change a bit and realize that working a nine to five job and spending that hour each way commuting and getting two weeks vacation a year, just because that's the norm doesn't mean it has to be for you. So like all these things were changing. My mindset started changing and I was just like, screw this. It's like, I need more time for myself. I know when I work best. I know I want to learn a variety of different things, spend time with the kitties. I know you'll hear me say that a lot. They're my babies. Um, and they really enjoy that I'm home. And it's just nice. Like my mom took the week of Thanksgiving off. And since I was off too, which I didn't have to ask, I was just already off. I got to spend time with her and baking and making her watch Harry Potter and, you know, just all this fun stuff. So it's just really the freedom. Um, and also I feel you can make more on your own once you get to, obviously you have to work to get to this certain level. But once you get there, like, I feel it's much easier. Like, obviously, I'm not there yet. I see it. I see it in my sights, though. And I just, you know, know. And you just have more freedom. And you can take your kids on vacation or, or stuff like that. And it's just more relaxing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The funny part about everything is, like, I'm not a morning person either. And on my old job, neither was my boss, clearly, because she would come in at, like, 1030 every day. <laughs> but then she'd say super late. But she'd also kind of, like, decide at 4 p.m. Oh, let me give you all the work. And you know, the whole day I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm finished mm -hmm. with stuff. And then at 4 p.m. She, she slams me with all this work. And it's like, but this is not the schedule. Like the schedule is eight to five or eight 30 to five, you know, mm -hmm. not, not 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. You know? So it's like, it was just funny. I was like, man, she should be her own boss with her, the way she works. Cause you know, mm -hmm. you can't assign someone work at 4 p.m. Like, you know, no, and I, yeah, yeah, so, no, I totally understand. And I'm not a morning person. So it's like, I, I would go and work, obviously I wasn't coming in super late. So it was just kind of funny. I'm just like, oh, here's my boss. Like she's following her own schedule, but that's not really how it works. <laughs> Cause now, I know. I'm going to leave at five regardless. Like I've been there all day. Sorry. You haven't been <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, it's funny. It's like, Oh, I wish I could come in at 10 then this job would be a little more um, appealing to me, but mm -hmm. yeah. So that's really funny. But yeah, I totally agree. Freedom has been amazing. Like I've gone on vacation here and my husband's been able to accompany me, even though he does have like only two weeks a year. Um, he can roll over time, you know? So he usually ends up having like a month off, but he doesn't actually take it all at once. It's just like yeah. collectively throughout the year. But it's been nice because we've been able to vacation and do things and I can take my dog to the vet in the middle of the day instead of having to fight everyone on the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, he was a puppy, so he was going to the vet a lot. So, um, so it was nice to just, you know, handle that on a random Wednesday in the middle of the day versus going at 6 PM or 5 PM after I get off work. So yeah, I totally agree with the freedom part and I'm not to the point where I feel like I have a lot of freedom cause I'm still working mm -hmm. a lot to build my business. But I know once I am able to, you know, either outsource things or just take on less work and, um, charge higher rates, then that mm -hmm. will definitely change. And I'm sure it will be the exact same for you. So exactly. It is. It's like sometimes I'll, the vets too, the vet is a huge thing. Um, but like, sometimes I'll just decide to take a day off. Like obviously when I don't have client work due, because obviously client work comes first, but like sometimes I, like, you know, I just have stuff to do, but nothing's like done. I'll be like, yeah, I'll take the day off and go to Disneyland. And it's just nice, but you're right. Like I'm still probably working over 40 hours a week on client work and my own stuff. 
but I'm happier doing it because I'm doing it from the comfort of my own home, exactly. snuggling with the kitties, and sleeping you in. What you do. You don't have to just do stuff that's assigned to you. You don't have to accept a client if you don't want mm -hmm. to. I mean, I, I'm sure we're both at the stage in our business where it's hard to pass up work, but we're not working to attract those people that we don't want to attract. So the people that we don't want to work with are few and far between. So. Exactly. So yeah. Okay. That was a long winded answer from both of us. <laughs> let's, let's dive on to number two. So what's your favorite tool that you use in your business? It can be anything from like email marketing to, you know, your accounting software or anything like that. Just like what really helps you in your business save time? It, it, it would be Dubsado. So it is the platform. I think it's a CR, technically a CRM system. I don't know. They're, they're working on it to make it more robust. It's a newer program. I've had it for over a year. I just rebought the year. So it'll be my second year on it literally um, this month in November that we're recording this. Um, but I have, I send my invoices. I get paid through it. I send my contracts. So I have my contract template that I update when I need to. Um, you can email people through it if you want. And then it keeps track of it in there. I can create client portals. I can create workflows. Uh, they're working on the uh, bookkeeping side of it, but at least right now I can import and look at, look at some charts, but they're making it more robust. They're going to be adding a scheduling side to it. So like it would replace Acuity or Calendly. Um, so I'm waiting for that to, to be put in. Um, hopefully, hopefully it'll be there by the time this recording goes live. I can't be positive but that's like two months away. They are working on it. Um, and I definitely don't use it to the fullest of its ability right now. Like I think the only thing I do have in there right now is a contract that I need to edit way too much each time. So part of my work towards the end of the year will be to get my workflows in place, my emails I want to like send out each time, maybe an invoice or a stage of the project. So I'm redoing my, my um, packages and then just my different contracts for the different packages done so I don't have to edit it so heavily. And that's going to save me so much time. And I'm creating workflows for clients right now. And it's really the cake in the butt for me to do it for myself because it'll save me so much time. And it's really not that expensive of a, of a product um, for all that you get. And the support team is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, it's a husband and wife. And I think their younger son was the one who came up with the name Dubsado or whatever. So it's a really cute story. And they're just an awesome team. And they're really fast to answer either through email or in their Facebook group. So that's my favorite, favorite I like, tool. I like Dubsado a lot too. And I'm kind of waiting for the bookkeeping and scheduling stuff to come in there. Because, you know, I use Acuity and then I also use mm -hmm. But I want to just kind of have everything in one place because I'm paying, you know, X amount here and X amount there every month. And you know, it'd be nice to just pay one mount and then not have to worry about the extra things. So I'm definitely looking mm -hmm. forward to those. And I hope that they are, you know, really in-depth features so that I can really feel comfortable letting go of my, mm -hmm. my two um, tools for that. Okay. So lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Like just like a person that you're like, wow, she or he knows it all. Like, I just feel like they're very knowledgeable and, you know, someone who you just really have learned a lot from. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to do like a typical, like big online business person. So I, I actually have two different people and they're smaller and they're coaches. So I really like Anna Franson of the heart centered entrepreneur. So that's her Facebook group. And I've been in a mastermind with her and she's just super sweet. And she kind of helps you get to the root of the problems without like really being in your face. And the business, so I think our mastermind started, it was June through this November. And so it's, it's going to end today, actually, because it's November 30th. So I'm very, very sad. 
but through the six months, just the evolution of my business, I mean, I'm consistently making an income now. We've talked through things and just kind of the accountability. And like, if I have questions or need feedback, she's always there. And then also, um, Courtney Nicole Davis, she just got married, or Courtney J, um, her Facebook group, oh, she's changed the name a few times. Um, I, can't, I can't remember the name of her Facebook group right now. Um, she's more in your face, though. So it's like they're kind of a good balance. So she's more not going to take your crap. You know, if you have excuses, you know, she's not the coach for you. And, you know, I need that because sometimes I get in my own way but then she's also like when I had issues with my dad or with the cat she's like you know those are legitimate reasons why you know stuff didn't get you know get done so but she's more in your face and she has a collective called led to leadership so I bought a membership to that so we meet every Sunday or Monday um there's like a group of ladies so I like to just so Courtney and Anna so those are kind of like my go-to they're much smaller they're not like huge like big names but um I really like both of them because it's more individual, you know, attention and you can really, really talk, talk to them. So. And the reason I asked that question is because I like to always know who people get inspiration from and people that I could potentially ask to be a guest on the podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you for those answers. Cause yeah, it'll be, I, I know of Anna, but I'm not familiar with Courtney. So it's definitely good to kind of branch out and see what other people I can learn from and start getting inspiration from but yeah Mm -hmm. um that is basically the end but just tell us where we can find you like your Facebook group and your social media handles and all that stuff okay so um online my website is blog me lovely so www.blogmelovely.com um and then I think all of my handles on you know like Facebook Instagram Pinterest Twitter is just at blog me lovely like Facebook slash blog me lovely um and let me see. So my Facebook group, the lovely entrepreneur society, um, it's for female entrepreneurs. Um, and you can actually just go to the lovely and it'll direct you to the Facebook group just to make it easy. Um, so those are the places where you can find me. Well, thank you so much for being a guest, Lindsay. It was a pleasure having you and I enjoyed getting to talk with you about branding and then just kind of random stuff because we're actually <laughs> friends in real life. So it's made it for a little bit more, um, you know, easier to talk to and not just strictly on topic. Yeah, I got a little sidetracked, but that's okay. <laughs> I think it'll be enjoyable. But yeah, thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I really appreciate you for being on the show. And yeah. thanks guys. I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all of the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 10. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.